0: Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with veteran jazz violinist and composer Sam Bartfeld. On the 2023 album Refugee, it's his new trio album in the follow-up to his critically acclaimed The Great Enthusiasms, his second for Brooklyn Jazz Underground Records, and his fourth as a bandleader. It's set to be released on March 24, 2023, and it's so good to see new work coming out. The last time we interviewed was back in 2017, and now the world is indeed a new world. We cover some good ground in this one. Enjoy the interview.
1: So, you know, the last time we caught up, it seems like it was the land of wine and roses prior to uh, COVID times. Yeah. Whole new <laughs> world. Yeah. Isn't it weird? It's, uh, it's strange. But yeah, it's so good. I can tell you from my end of things, being behind the microphone and spinning the, this wonderful music, is that in March of 2020, all these albums were coming in. No one knew what was going to happen. And I'm talking to musicians. and They're all just right, like,
2: right, sure. oh, my
1: God. You know, I mean... They're going with it, but they're like, you know, everything's just closing down. So now when new music's coming out, you know, that March month's coming on the calendar, but it's a vastly different time. Things are waking up. People are playing shows. This has to feel good.
2: Oh, yeah. I think, you know, some of the shows that I've done live in the last year or two have all felt different because I think both... Musicians and audiences don't take anything for granted, and there, there's a there's a feeling in the room that's that's just different. And I think it's it's a, certainly a, a silver lining or a positive thing of oh you know this is to be here together and uh, you know and especially in a, a climate in America where the, the arts have never really been institutionally supported the way they should have they should be. But I think it's something that everybody feels is kind of special and is grateful for. There's a feeling of gratitude, I think, on both both sides.
1: Yeah, and, you know, you've been obviously on very big stages with big performers and, you know, and, and stages in between, so it just has to feel good all the way around to see this coming back. And, and also to have a new album coming out, because you get to promote this live, it's almost as though, I mean, I, I kind of, Fringe a little bit when we're people are like well we're going to get back to normal but it's, it it's it's the new normal we're in a new world but it still is emblematic of the fact that you cats are getting back to it and it has to feel good to have this entire entirety going on right now.
2: Well, sure, it's a very big. I mean, to really make a a a good artistic statement, a meaningful statement, is a it's a lot of work from beginning to end in all senses of the word. I mean you know, writing the music and, you know, you write music and not all of it works. Sometimes you, 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 you throw stuff away or you don't use it. And you, the process of, of going through stuff with the band and, and editing it and, uh, you know, doing, I mean, I would never make a, a, a record without playing it four or five times. Uh, with a band playing it live and the whole recording process uh i mean every you know to do i have a trio and even i mean it's it's extremely expensive <laughs> it just even you know just to do it reasonably i mean unless you're just going to do like throw some mics up and do it live and sometimes you get lucky and but but uh and i mean we're we're moving you know there's very little Money out there for, you know, most people are going into their pockets and they're, it's more becoming the, we're going back really to the Medici's in terms of the way the business is going. I mean, they I, I believe that the, uh, the record, the, the jazz recording of the year and the Grammys that came out on Pyroclastic, right? The Terry McCannikin record with Chris Davis and that's, that's funded by a, that's funded by a philanthropist power records all those records are made by a multi-millionaire uh and so we're going back to that era but anyway th- your question is it's it's a long journey and to do it right to make good art is hard you know tremendously re- i mean i'm not complaining it's tremendously rewarding you know we do yeah, have, you no. gotta move forward
1: yeah yeah oh i i totally dig what you're saying so refugee is the newest trio album you got a great lineup it, it just sounds like you were really hitting it, having a good conversation. Things were working on this album.
2: Yeah, I think so. I, I was, you know, it's helpful that... I think this record was building off the last one, The Great Enthusiasms, which was similar instrumentation with um, Mike Serene on drums, and that one had Chris Davis on piano, so it was a trio with violin, piano, and drums, no bass. And... um I was happy with that record, and it got a really nice critical reception, so I wanted to kind of build off that, you know not to copy it but but continue from where that left off so that was helpful in terms of sort of knowing what some what worked and and growing out of that and uh, you know Chris, I adore Chris, and she 's a brilliant musician she got you know she she got a nice teaching gig in boston and is super busy and so she graciously bowed out and um jacob is an old friend and uh a, a equally brilliant musician um and so we he was my first choice and that that worked out perfectly i think he he kind of uh understood the music and the quirkiness and the levity and and fit right in and he had somehow miraculously never played with mike before which you know considering they're in very similar circles in new york uh was strange to me but they really hit it off right away and um i think we yeah as you said well stated
1: nicely we had a we had a nice dialogue let me get kind of a little bit of a handle now. I mean, I'm going to kind of step back a little bit. How did you make it through this COVID period, this three-year period? How did you survive it, and and how has it changed the way that you are approaching things now? Has there been a big change with the way that you approach either the stage or the creative process? Well, I don't know if there's been a a,
2: a change in the way that I approach the stage or the creative process exactly, but it did affect my life in that. I'm well. First of all, it affected all of us. I mean, all of a sudden, we have to work, and it it just on a, on a personal note. So this that was March of 2020. In June of 2019, I broke my wrist. I, sl- I had a slip and fall, and um, I couldn't work for five months. And um, from June through uh, beginning of June through the beginning of November and that was really hard i mean it was you know i took a financial hit it was really hard psychologically and then i worked for a few months and then bam there was covid <laughs> so all going through both of those things i think part of the you know i i it it makes you think about what you're doing in life about doing i mean i have a family i have two kids uh, think about, well, maybe I should do something else in addition. Not that I would ever give it up, but, you know, uh, consider, you know, getting an MSW and like growing old with a, a small uh, therapy practice, psychotherapy practice, something like that. But, you know, I really, it, it caused me to sort of dig deep and I I didn't ultimately, I, I mean, I talked to a lot of different people. I talked about, you know, somebody, I talked to somebody about coaching or, you know maybe getting uh you know doing some more teaching and i think it 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 all of that that process forced me to 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 sort of soul search a little bit and ultimately i didn't want to give up time on the instruments i didn't want to but any of those i was too sort of protective of of moving forward and and it 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 allowed me to uh in the words of Sheryl Sandberg lean in and I think the time that I, you know, sort of the the process. I think of, not of, of not it being a passive thing, but an active thing. Like, not just like, oh, I'm doing this because I keep doing it. But no, I, this is what I want to do, what I need to do, and I'm just going to put more energy into it, and really commit in a very conscious way. And I think that was very helpful in terms of. I think that was helpful in terms of the process. And I think I've seen the benefits of that I mean I'm someone who I went to I got a liberal arts education I went to Wesleyan I went there because they had a good jazz math and department but I didn't decide to play professionally till I was 26 which as you know in this universe is very late to be a, a performer or a particularly a successful one and um, so I, I'm always trying to work hard and move forward and get better and I mean I think everyone should always try to move forward and not not be stuck but but um so i think all of that was was helpful to me kind of sort of making that conscious commitment the other thing about covid and i think this is true for a lot of musicians is that it allowed us to put some time and energy into some things that were not necessarily of immediate pragmatic import Projects or studies or you know kind of that 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 paid off you know for instance a couple of things that I did was I I got really into uh, playing solo versions of Monk um these Monk tunes which is a a wonderful vehicle for with his voicings now of course I <laughs> I only have four strings but um and uh five fingers as opposed to ten when you play the piano but. Uh, or really four fingers because you hold you don't use the thumb, but um, but some of those voicings, you know, two or three note versions of those voicings, and so that was a project, and 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 the Bach solo sonatas and partitas too. I memorized the E major sonata, and I started playing the Bach chaconne every day. I would never in a million years play that in public, but um, you know these kinds of projects that you always say musicians always say they want to do but it's not, you know, uh a lot of times we're working towards the next gig or the next record or anyway. That's a long winded answer to your question.
1: No, I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. And I think one of the other things that was a part of this going into COVID process and the and the world of music shutting down was that a lot of musicians had to make choices. They left big cities. They changed professions. But now that we're coming out of it, I'm getting the sense that The world, especially with the youth, the younger players, is stronger than ever in the world of jazz.
2: Oh, yeah. There's so much great stuff out there. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I didn't know from your perspective if that was something that you were thinking about, too, as we reemerged. But it seems like things are not only back to a good place, but there's there's almost a resurgence, so to speak, of young blood and jazz.
2: I don't know if if things ever went away you know there's so much of that, that has to do with perception uh i mean certainly you, you know perception and media and i mean there's always a lot of great stuff going on but certainly yeah the world has opened up and there's, there's a lot of great stuff happening absolutely
1: so sam if anybody out there wants to pick up the brand new album see you live, learn anything more about what's going on in your world as this 2023 continues to open up? Where can they go? Where's the best place?
2: Well, the official release date is March 24th. Uh, Bandcamp is, I have a Bandcamp page and it will absolutely be on Bandcamp shortly. Uh, I will, I don't have a physical copy in my hand yet. It's only, let's see, it's, to the, to what's today? February eighth. I don't know when you're when this is, is gonna be released. But um so in about a week I'll have physical copies and I will create a band camp page. So um uh that's the best place. I'm also gonna do I think I'm gonna do a soft GoFundMe or Indiegogo with, with rewards merch <laughs> T shirts and mugs and uh scores, you know, to try to recoup not all but you know i'll be happy if i can recoup half of my expenses um and um the label you can get it on the label brooklyn jazz underground has a page but Bandcamp, Bandcamp is, is the best place i'm a supporter of Bandcamp.
1: yeah absolutely and that's kind of why i hedge on this question because i'm hoping that everybody kind of gives a little bit more uh lip service because it is so good so Sam, it's great to catch up with you. Thank you for opening up. Have a great 2023. Good luck with the album.
0: Thanks so much, Joe. Take care. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview. We give you a bit of insight into the finest players in Brooklyn, Kansas City, and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Sam for his time, music, and cool. Find archived Neon Jazz interviews at Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Subscribe to us on YouTube. And for all things Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time.